Yo, this is not just your average MMA show, baby. This is Brothers in Combat with Serge Vicente and Darnell Giovanni. No need to fight. Just listen up and get it right. Brothers in Combat, baby. We rolling! Yeah! All night long. Boom. You heard it here first. That's the legend, Burt motherfucking Watson. Yo, everybody, welcome to the show. This is episode one of Not Your Average MMA Podcast, Brothers in Combat. I am one of your pair of hosts, one of your co-hosts today. I am Serge Vicente. You might know me from the Fight Podcast, and over to my side is none other than brother. Go ahead and let the people know. It's your boy, Mystic Black, baby. I'm so excited for the show. You know me from MMA Island, from my channel, Mystic Black MMA. All the interviews, everything. You know me from the Fight Podcast. I'm there. Now we're here together to bring you the brothers in combat. Just want to give a little shout out to Burt Watson for that intro. We appreciate you so much. The man. Boom. Thank you so much. Yo, Burt Watson is an absolute legend. I, I can't believe that we got him to do this shit. Like, <laughs> right? holy shit, man. Dog, you sent me this thing, and for those who do not know, um, and guys, look, we're super excited about this show, okay? We're super excited to do this. We're super excited to bring you a different type of MMA podcast. This is not your average MMA podcast. Um, nope. Darnell, let, let the people know a little bit, man. Like, we, we, we talk a lot behind the scenes, but uh, let's talk, let's let them know before we get into it how this kind of came to fruition. So we just I had Serge on my show a couple of times. Well, be, before that, you know, when I first started this journey into mixed martial arts uh, uh, broadcasting and just talking about it. By the way, it's my one year anniversary today of the Mystic Hour. Started this Hilarious. an hour today. Got the notification Congrats. on Facebook today. So that's awesome for that. But You know, it's I funny saw- you say that. It, I, yesterday, I got the notification. It's my third year anniversary. Yesterday. Look at that. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. I hope to get to three years. I hope to get to three years. Come I'm going to keep going. Absolutely working. will, brother. It's not, even, it's not even a question. But you guys, I saw this man doing really good work on his on his channel, The Fight Podcast. Watch a couple of the episodes, seeing the amazing things he was doing, the different style of, 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 of just MMA reporting and just like interviews that you don't see typically. And... Of course, I had him on the show. I was like, "Man, this is this. We got, we got something going on here. Something, something's yeah, happening here. We got this. We got, we got this. We got to do something. Make something like this happen." So, of course, me and Serge, we talked about it. We've been talking about it for a while now, and we made it happen. It's here. Brothers in Combat is here. We fucking made it, man. <laughs> and absolutely, I, um, I, I think this is one of those, um, those moments of real recognizes real. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and you're right. I, I I peeped you from a distance, and uh, and it's weird over this past year how people have really become. You know, you really it's sort of sink or swim over the over the pandemic, and uh, and people have grown. Obviously, you got a year. You've been hustling this shit for a year, doing this in the pandemic, and uh, and for us to establish a friendship, um, a working relationship, a rapport in the way we did, and then obviously it's evolved into a friendship. To now we have this. It's amazing. I could not be more excited to go along this journey with you, my brother. Hey, we did it. We're doing it. And let's keep it going. Yo, I'm sorry. What was that one time? I said we did it. Let's keep it going. Let's here. go. Let's go. <laughs> well, check it out. Um, lot to get to. And this is what we're going to oh, do my. here on Brothers in Combat. We're we, we going to jump into this shit. Yeah, we'll talk some culture. Yeah, we're going to talk hip hop because, you know, we love some hip hop. But we're it. here to talk MMA. Yes. And talk all the fights. So yes. let's kick it off with this. This past weekend, um, some, I don't know, not the most entertaining fight card in the world, but uh, we did see, I think, one of the best up-and-coming heavyweights in the world. So let's talk about this. Sarogan goes out there and defeats uh, Rosenstrike, Rosenstruck, however you want to say it. He goes out there, does work, ends up winning the fight in unanimous decision. I have to ask you this, brother. Is Gagne a legitimate contender at heavyweight after you what you've seen? From that performance on Saturday, I know a lot of people were just like, wow, that was boring. I was expecting something different. This is the thing with, with the, the heavyweight division. When people are watching that weight class, they expect knockouts. They expect something really big to happen in that, in that circumstance and in that time. Listen, heavyweights can fight smart too. If I'm Cyril gone, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be very patient with a guy like Rosenstruck because 
he is somebody that has very explosive power and loves to counter, loves to counter. So he fought him from a distance, which was very smart. Kind of like what Alistair Overy did with him for four and a half rounds. And then Alistair Overy got a little bit too. Out. Yeah, see how that turned out. <laughs> he got a little bit too overzealous and ended up getting knocked out in the last, like, what, 10 or 15 seconds of that fight? Dog. I, I think Gan fought very extremely, extremely smart. And that was for him to get a higher ranking. It's a smart thing to do. Is it going to help with the upper parts of the, I mean, with the higher ups, you know, the Dana Whites and stuff like that? Maybe not. And we're going to get into that. But is he a legit heavyweight contender? Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it's one of those things. And don't get it twisted, people. We don't agree on everything. So no. <laughs> just, 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 just one, of the, one of the times. Um, <laughs> The, th the thing about it is this. I, I think people did get, we're a little hard on Cyril, man. Just because when you really think about it, this is a massive heavyweight that this was his eighth win. In his eighth win, his fifth fight in the UFC, he's only been training for two fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> and let me ask you this. Is it just me? Or did, did he look like a 20-fight veteran out yeah. there? He he was establishing distance. He was the one that seemed like he knew what he was doing. He, his, his, his ring, his ring IQ was was prevalent and was really being shown. His his balance, his variety of strikes. This dude can go out there and take you down and get you on a heel hook. But at the same token, people, he knocked out JDS. He knocked out Junior Dos Santos. So for us to sit there and say, oh, he didn't knock somebody out. Um, you know what this reminds me of? And I want to get your opinion on this. This really reminds me of how it was when Israel Adesanya didn't knock out Yoel Romero. People yeah. lost their fucking minds. This is crazy. One hundred percent, almost the same exact, almost the same exact circumstance. But yes, like it, it's it's. I guess it was a, a little different in the sense because Yoel is super explosive and just like you're waiting for something to happen. And that fight could have been a little bit better. But Israel Adesanya fought smart. I get it. Same gone here, but. They got to give him some kind of credit for doing what he did and doing what he's been doing the past couple of fights. He's he's on a good streak, and, and he's so young in this. He's, he's not a young guy, but he's still so young in his MMA career. So for him to put on that yeah, smart of a miles. performance, you got to, yeah, you got to put him in that contenders. And he's not getting he's not getting fighter, like, miles. When I say fighter miles, I mean, like, getting hit that much, getting hit hard by these guys who hit very hard. So... It's pretty smart on his behalf, and this is showing you the big wave of MMA uh, fighters that are coming and fighting smarter. And we're not, we, this is the first time we've actually seen this, I feel like, at heavyweight. And yeah. So, so the question in the beginning was like, we're talking about, is he a contender, right? Um, yo, I, man, the more I think about it, yo, this might be the, what the, the heavyweight, he might be the head of the heavyweight division sooner than we think. Um Am I am I crazy to say I would love to see him against John Jones? I, dude, that would be an amazing matchup. It definitely would be a good opening, but just I I'm not I'm not fired up for that. I'm not fired up for that at all. Like this who, to who, who, who would you be fired up to watch him fight then? Because to so, me, it's just like there's he he has to be in the top five at this point, right? He has to be in the top five, but like then at the same time, I think about it, I'm just like, damn, if Cyril Gon fought Francis Ngannou. Francis and Gano might run right through him, right through him if he's hey, gonna oh, fight oh, a little. Oh, oh, he's, he's, a little he's a little slow. He's a little slow. He's a little slow. He's a little slow. So you think mm -hmm. Zero's a little slow? A little bit. I think he's a little okay. slow. So him to fight those faster guys like your Francis is, it is gonna be completely different of a ball game. So a I, I still think he's a contender, but I don't know him and those top three guys. What what would get me excited to see Zero gone against Alice Volkov? I think that would be a perfect matchup a guy who's as good on his feet as alex volkov is and guy clearly you can see fights pretty smart both coming off wins both coming off wins that gets me more excited the john jones say i haven't we got we haven't seen john jones in any capacity heavyweight we don't we don't know he's not getting me excited yet at all we're going to talk about that in a different we'll talk about, sense about, about all this stuff, but i that doesn't excite me john jones here well, doesn't let me excite ask you. So, but does Cyril Gan excite you? Because people have been saying that Cyril Gan, oh, he's just, he was all hype. He's not exciting. Is this somebody that we should be excited about? Yes, for sure. But not, I guess, until until his next really good performance. He definitely has to do something a little bit more exciting. Not to say he didn't do that against Junior Dos Santos, but he almost reminds me of this. I don't know if you remember him from back in the day. Francis Carmont. Remember Francis Carmont? Oh, no. Was, uh, 
this guy was just a very tactical, you know, take his time kind of a fighter, you know, you, you just didn't know where he was going to explode or, or whatever that it was. But and it's crazy that they're both French guys. But French like, guys. he just reminds me of him. I don't know what it is. He reminds me of Francis Carvalho. I know that's going to be a he big thing. That's the only that. similarities is he's bodied up. All right. That's it. <laughs> Because I don't know what it is about these French dudes. They all come in the MMA and kickboxing just jacked. Jacked. And, um, come on. It's you know, huge. I, I, play, I play this. I'm not going to say he's that because I just think this was such a smart tactical fight. He has the ability to go out there and do that. But we have to also take into account, I think people aren't saying that. You said it a little at the top of the show. Bro, that's fucking. That was Jardinia Rosenstrike. We, we, it's like I, I, I hate the narrative, and I, and I argue with people about this in boxing and things like that. Just because you, some people aren't there to get knocked out. Some people are not willing to to put themselves in harm's way. So, and again, I will talk about this in a moment when we talk about you know uh, Uncle Dana and the way he <laughs> feels about it. But at the same time, I just look at that shit. Definitely just kick the mic. Uh, I, I look at it, and it's just. I, I'm surprised that people are shitting on him. Um, I think it takes two to tango. And uh, at the end of the day, I think this kid is young in his career. And he's going to be somebody that, honestly, this might be what the heavyweight division looks like going forward. I love having somebody that's this technical um, as opposed to just a brawler that's going to go out there. I mean, shit, him and Derek Lewis at the end of the year will be extremely entertaining. That would be good. And that's another one. That's a big one. Ooh, I didn't. I, I forgot about Derek Lewis, but I think Derek Lewis deserves a bigger, a big fight after his performance against Curtis Blades. He needs something big. He needs something big. He, he, I mean, Derek Lewis. I think he, he's at the lines. He's, it might be title shot or bust for him at this point. Yeah. In time. He's actually earned that spot. Um, the only person. I mean, Curtis Blades was nine and one. You know, only person he's ever lost to is fucking Francis Ngannou. He was the number two guy. You just beat the number two guy. You the next man up. I think that he he deserves the winner of um of uh francis and uh and stipe but we all know that ain't gonna happen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well let, let me ask you let's transition a little bit right uh do you anything else you want to talk about with that one no 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 okay well let's transition with this one then let's let's ask let's talk about this dana white goes out there and does more dana white shit um <laughs> wasn't the most entertaining performance i'm not gonna stump but he goes out there and absolutely shits on uh on uh Cyril Gagne. he says ah oh, this this, he, this was a worse terrible fight talks all the does typical Dana White shit um Darnell is this fair or foul that Dana White did this especially after this specific performance it is 100% fair 100% fair I'm the boss I put you in a main event and you go in there and you give that kind of performance in the heavyweight class no way that is a hundred percent fair and because he says things like that that's gonna like light a fire in that fighter and want to do something spectacular the next time that they're around i kind of understand when dana white does these things because it really just wakes up because you know fighters have egos no matter what anybody thinks at the end of the day they have some kind of an ego so he tries their ego and he wants them to just wake up and do something crazy he's dana white's not going to put him in a main event again after that performance there's no way gone's going to be a, a main event maybe a co-main event maybe on a main card but he's not going to be a main event because that performance was just very boring and at the end of the day we got to see some entertaining stuff at the same time yo dana white needs to chill out so do you all right <laughs> y'all need to really chill the fuck out because at the end of the day come on man i mean it takes like i said a little earlier it takes two to tango it takes two to tango, and the reason I brought up this fight with Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero is because you have one guy who's poking and prodding and somebody else who just doesn't. He's talking shit about Cyril Gan. That's not the one we need to talk shit about. We need to talk shit about um, Yardinia Rosenstrike. Dog, three rounds. Three rounds. He didn't land ten strikes. He didn't even throw. Fam, he literally went out there. Uh, in the fifth round, in a fight that we all knew he was losing, and only threw five strikes. In the third round, he only led through eight. In the second round, he only threw six. Fam, this is not his fault. This is one guy who's going out there who understands, look, man, I have, it was calculated. He showed ring generalship. Don't shit on that man. Who in each And also, I'm going to tell you this. In each one of those rounds in which 
um, Jardinia Rosenstrike only landed a handful of strikes. Cyril Ground landed over 25 strikes in each one of those rounds. So I'm going to ask you, like you said, we st this one guy was out there actually trying to perform. Just the other guy wasn't willing to play. He wasn't a good dance partner. So it, it, I think it's foul, man. Don't shit on these dudes that are putting on performances because at the end of the day, this, the, if we are not, this is this is the thing, right? If th this isn't the ultimate knockout championships, this is the ultimate fighting championships. So at the end of the day, I get paid and move forward by not losing the fight. That's how we end up with fucking, let's be honest, um, uh, Cowboy Cerrone. Cowboy Cerrone ass will go out there and fight anybody, anytime, put him, put his, put, him, put himself on the shield. Guess what? He's never winning a title, and he'll never get that huge payday. Why? Because he takes these fucking losses. Sometimes you gotta just get a win. Sometimes, yeah, I just gotta get a win, but if this is my first main event, I am doing everything that I can to make the biggest impression, no matter who is standing in front of me. You, you so are if he, if he, so. If you went out here and got knocked the fuck out, what if, if he, at least he went? He went for it. At least he went for it. No, there's some. There's he's some undefeated. Guys, there are some guys that go in there and they might get knocked out, but what a performance they put on! And what does Dana White do to guys like that? He gives them an extra check. You're definitely going to be in a main event or a co-main event. Now let me ask time. you this. Let me ask you this. You're right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fans love knockouts. Dana really loves knockouts, right? But here's the thing: some people don't recover from those and especially when you're talking about a heavyweight and i'm gonna be very honest with you i'm thinking about alistair overeem mm. alistair overeem looked amazing all up until he fought jardina rosa strike and he's somebody who has been knocked out but always comes back looking better and better he still looks like it looks like it doesn't affect him he got knocked out by Rosenstrike. he comes out there and fights his next fight, and it just looks like a shell of himself. Looks like he's scared. Looks like he's not doing anything. And that is the this was what happens, even to the greatest of kickboxers. Dog, getting knocked out, not each of them is created equally. If a dude like that knocks you the fuck out, man, that might fuck up your career. So if I if, if you are Dana White, are you putting Cyril Gone in a main event? Yes, oh, absolutely. You know why? Oh, because the fight before last, he just knocked out a former champion. Who is a striker? But so he's been proven he can do it. And here's the thing: as Dana White, your job is to promoter. Your job is to fucking promote, promote how scary this big motherfucker is. He's smart. He's dynamic. He can submit you. He can take you down on the ground and he'll hook you. He can knock you out. Look what he did to this champion. He he stifled this dude. You can create a storyline. Here's the thing too: we act as if, nigga. Let's just keep it a buck. The only ones watching all of these goddamn fights week in and week out are diehards like me and you. Yeah. You can sell a fucking fight to casual fans by making this dude look scary, and he has enough. He definitely has enough fucking highlights on his record, and he only has eight fights. Only eight, but the only thing I'm going to say is with MMA fans, your most recent fight is going to be what they're going to remember. Prisoner of the moment. It's Prisoner for, of the yeah. moment. Yeah, 100%. And they're going to be like, that, oh, this guy that fought last time that was just, just standing there waiting for the other guy to do something else. I don't know if I'm going to want to watch him. I just think it will ignite fire in, in Cyril Gaunt. I feel the way he said he really didn't care. But I feel like it would ignite something in him. And his next performance, it's going to be something spectacular. And for sure, because of everybody else that's up there, it's different kind of fighters and a lot of people who come forward. Because if you look at that top five of the heavyweight division, it's a lot of guys who come forward. And I'm just waiting, 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 waiting for something. So I think his next performance will be exciting, but that's because the opponent. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. He has a he has a style, I would say. It really reminds me of like Alexander Volkanovsky, right? Hear me out. The reason I say him is because he does an amazing Alexander Volkanovsky does an amazing job of taking away what you do best. He really looks like a boring fighter at times because he literally shuts down what you want to do. Cyril Gunn is very similar, and we just haven't seen that as a heavyweight. Yeah. So he can take away certain things from these fighters. And again, like Adesanya does, with his feints and his movements, it really stops fighters in their tracks. And it doesn't, they, they're afraid to engage because at the end of the day, 
they know they got fire coming back their way. So um, it, that's the only thing I think with that. One. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. But I, I I'm, you I'm excited pub to these see these dudes, man. I think you yeah. got to pub them. That's Dana's yeah. job. You know, and, and Dana, do, do, let me ask you this: Do you think that Dana does? Is it counterproductive mm. to sit there and shit on somebody in the way that he does? No, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's very rare for me to. No, no I, I've definitely disagreed with Dana White and some stuff that he said. And one hundred percent, he he makes some insensitive comments. He doesn't get caught for a lot, a lot enough things that he says that or comes out of his mouth. But when it comes to main events, championship fighters, this guy's been doing it for a long time. He knows what he's doing. He knows what to, to, to say to these guys to make sure that he can have a really good show or make them put on a really great show. He's released guys that don't put on great, great performances and they could be on three fight winning streaks and he'll let them go somewhere else. That's that's just the, the, the name of the game, especially with the UFC. And there's, a there's a difference between MMA and the UFC. In the past couple of years, the UFC has definitely revolved around a lot of entertainment values rather than actual contenders the to where the merit yes. of fighting like why was jose aldo fighting for a bantamweight championship why because they were looking for some kind of entertainment value because of jose aldo's performances in the past he shouldn't have been fighting for that belt it should have been san hagen or, or aljamain sterling but absolutely it, it took a long time for ufc to even give aljamain this this title shot until he literally had to go there and beat a million they, they, guys they, they, be, they, they be so hard pressed give any niggas no goddamn uh Title shots, Any title they, shots. They, they don't be trying to give motherfuckers no goddamn title shots over there at, at all. It's, it's at very all. weird, but it's it, the UFC has definitely been different since they got acquired by uh WME. Definitely been a different story from the Zufa days to now. It's a bit, it's a different ballgame. It's all about it's all about selling tickets and shit now, man. It, it, it's all it, and this is the thing, too. And uh, and I know this is a topic for another day, but I, I have to ask you about this because just because it crossed my mind it, and it's it's creating prima donnas, fam. Is the 170 pound weight class the prima donna weight class of the UFC it, now? It is 100 percent the prima donnas from one to seven. My God, these God. guys just Fucking get in there, and bro. Fight. Get in there and fight, and they're gonna get to a point where they have to take some pussy right now. Yeah, you're gonna get to a point where you're gonna have to fight somebody you don't even want to, and because you're running out of money, you can't. You're not sitting there. You're not making all this bread from other things. Colby Covington is constantly having to do bang energy commercials on his page just to make some kind of money because he's not making money in any other facet of it. And they keep on buying these damn prostitutes, so you know that shit runs up. Exactly. You know none of those girls he has are free. None of those. I've seen them on the block over here, down here in South Florida. None of those those girls are free. Do they they look good? Absolutely, but I'm not paying for that, man. That's a waste of money, and it's a lot of money. So Brandon Shaw put that motherfucker on blast. He said when he was out there, them chicks was like, he was like, hey, could you put your arms around me? And them girls were like, they ain't doing shit. Exactly. Like, they be disrespecting that man. Oh that my man. god, I, I hate it. But yes, it is a prima donna. It is a prima donna weight class now. We're noticing it. We can see it. None of these guys really want to fight. Hopefully, we'll get something going on in the summer. But they are the prima donnas of, of, of and it's one of the best weight class. Maybe the second best best weight class. In the UFC, besides historically, the even it's crazy. Yeah, to see it now from the, the the days of the GSPs and the Johnny Hendricks, those guys who are always in there wanting to fight will fight anybody. Doesn't matter the John number. John Fitch, John Fitch, these like these grinders. Cool. And now we have all everybody money. Oh, I want this money fight. Oh no, I'm not doing nobody's papers. I'm not doing this. I want. I I hate it. I hate it. I hate it, man, and especially because, again, it is a weight class that I have so much love and respect for. I mean, dude, that's the weight class that I competed in. I love that fucking weight yeah. class. You know what I mean? So it's like I hear about it and you see this. It's just like, dog, why are none of y'all fighting each other? Everyone wants to sit here and, and talk shit and be a prima donna and make excuses and shit. And that brings me into my next topic. Speaking of prima donnas and making excuses, Paulo Bojachina <laughs> Costa. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna give him a, we're gonna give him a new a new nickname Elvino 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 Costa Elvino Costa. Costa. <laughs> Costa goes out there on uh, I believe it was one of the Brazilian outlets I don't know I you and I both saw it but it goes out there and says look man uh, the day I fought I decided yeah I want that rematch because when it all boils down to it I didn't put my best foot forward because I was a little hungover why well, was a little hungover. <laughs> You know, I, I, the fight was in the middle of the night. They had to wake me up. I couldn't go to sleep, so they had a bottle of wine in the room. 
I decided to go ahead and grab a little vino and, and partake. And he said he crushed the whole bottle, passed the fuck out, and woke up with a hangover. And said he couldn't perform to his best of his ability. My brother, I'm going to ask you this. Are you buying this excuse? <laughs> I am not buying Even if I had a million dollars to buy, I ain't buying it for a penny. Not buying it. He needs to stop. Well, you know what, Paulo Costa Wilder? You sound like Deontay Wilder making excuses. From a, from a, how long Dude. are you going to make an excuse after a loss that long ago? I think he lost a – did they lose around the same time? Wilder lost like a month or two before Costa lost? I don't know what it was. It's, Wilder either, unfortunately lost in Black History Month. Oh, my God. Of all, Costa, of all the time. And Costa lost in May. So what in May. May, they, 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 they both pushing a year. Exactly. They both pushing a year talking about some old, uh, a loss from before. Get back in there and just fight. Stop complaining. Wine, you're going to tell me wine is going to be is your reason why you came in the next day and you didn't feel good. I was hungover. What? That big guy, especially when you're an athlete, that stuff's not going to affect your body like that. You can wake up and you'll be completely fine and you have a whole day to recover from something like that. I had one glass. I had two glass. I had a full bottle. What are you what are you doing? And at the same time, who was in that room letting him do something like that? Is that their coach? Is that Captain America that's that's letting him do that? That sounds very crazy to me if that's what he's doing with these guys, which I wouldn't be surprised because this guy loves a good amount of attention, walks around with a fur coat and doing all this this mess that is just so weird to me. I respect him, but I don't know what he's I'm doing with, do. with that. <laughs> I don't I'm know. I don't you know. Do. I respect him because of the guys that he has, like, you know, your Pitbulls, your Henry Cejudos. He has done a good job with those guys. I, 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 tr- I truly question his, like, what he's actually doing over there. How so? I, I really do. Um, because at the end of the day, he d- is he the X's and O's guy? Is he the one who's actually going out there and training them? I mean, he just seen that dude is, what, what the fuck is the Undertaker's boy's name? Paul Heyman or whatever the fuck? Yeah, Paul Heyman, yeah. That, that motherfucker is just Paul Heyman to me. I haven't seen his ex <laughs> train a goddamn body. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's in there. There's no pads. I ain't seen him do shit. It it's weird, you know, to think about it too. Because then I was about to compare him to somebody else, like Ray Longo. But Ray Longo holds pads. He does hold pads for his Ray fighters. Ray Longo you know? holds pads. He holds pads. Mark Henry holds pads. There's a lot of guys. Yeah, you actually see him, but you don't see yeah. Eric. De, uh, Eric, uh, how do you, what's that, how do you say his last name? The El the El Capitan. Right? Yeah, I don't. I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know. His name is. But I never see him in there. You're right. You're right. And here's the thing, and 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 I don't want to absolutely just completely shit on dude. Yep. But I, because he does have amazing athletes, his persona sucks, and all of his athletes' personas suck. And I know he's the one encouraging this shitty, cringy fucking thing. Um. But here's the thing I'll say about Polo Costa. Polo Costa, look at me. In the in the camera, in my face. Do you see me? I'm looking at you. You're never winning a title, ever. In the especially in the UFC. <laughs> and the reason I'm gonna say that is this: there's levels to this fucking game, fam, and you're not built for it. It's the biggest fight in your life, and you decide to get scummy the day before. You don't deserve this shit. So at the end of the day, you'll never get a title in the UFC. And at the end of the day. Yo, you about to get knocked out again because Robert Whittaker go put them yammers on you because he's coming for for keeps, and he ain't out here doing all the other fuck shit. It's it's it, and then to make excuses, this motherfucker was calling out Israel Adesanya after the fight. Sign the contract. Sign the contract, <laughs> nigga. You got knocked out. Ain't no contracts to be signed. You ain't Conor McGregor. He the only dude who get knocked out and get a rematch. That's it. Yeah. He can't. He can't call his shots. He cannot call his shots. You just came off. You just came off a loss, and you cannot stop talking about this same loss from a year ago. And you trying to call your shots against Robert Whitaker, who went there and two times after he lost the Adesanya, still in there fighting, still in there fighting. And Robert you want to talk about clean out the weight class, not clean out the weight. He doesn't have to fight Paulo Costa. He doesn't have to. Paulo Costa, you are lucky that he is fighting you. You are so lucky that he is a warrior. That he is. He's literally giving you a gift on a platter. And I don't see him being Robert Whitaker at all either. Fuck no. No way. Absolutely. Robert Whitaker puts some hammers on his ass. Oh, 100%. But Paulo Costa needs to stop. Not buying the excuse. I think he lost because his mind was not. He lost before he even got in that cage. And you can see it. All the things that he had to do before with the white belt. 
throwing it at him, talking all this crap, showing up at fights in these ugly shirts. He lost that fight way before it even happened, not by him. You know what that tells me? And I'm going to say the same thing about Conor McGregor, right? Conor McGregor and uh, and uh, and anybody that makes an excuse of, oh, I got drunk the night before and that comes out and shit. This is what I'm going to say about that. What I'm going to say to you is this. That means you, 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 that's called self-sabotage. That means yeah. you were terrified and you knew you were going to lose this fight. That's what that tells me. That's how I knew Conor would never beat Khabib. That's how I know this dude would never do this. It's not going to happen because guess what? You're scared. Yep. Yeah, that's it. You're scared. This is an excuse. This is called self-sabotage. If, if people, it's fucking self-sabotage 101. This nigga was terrified. I don't, I don't, he's shaking his, but why do you think he's out here getting worked? But over <laughs> here trying to hands behind, I ain't never seen somebody get punched in the face and then put their hands behind their back. Come get on, it. son. I don't Come get on. it. I don't get it. I, enough, Apollo. I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about that guy anymore. Hey, get, get, him out of here. That. get him out of here. Get, get, this get him out of here. Shine. Get him out of here, man. Well, let, let's talk about somebody who really actually deserves the shine. He don't always do the best shit, but at the end of the day, he's somebody who can call his shots and has earned that right because is off as doofy as he fucking is. He's still <laughs> the greatest fighter of all time. What was that? Kobe Covington. Oh. <laughs> 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 no, I hate that fucker. <laughs> uh, we were talking none other than the other doofy of the world, John Jones. John Jones came out this week, man. And let me ask you this: he, he um he dropped a video, and he's getting a lot of shade about this video. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it, but um he was hitting pads with Trevor Whitman, and uh, and and people said he he looked slow, and people weren't impressed. Very critical of his videos. You saw the video. What is your estimation? What are your thoughts? Were you impressed? Were you concerned? What are your thoughts on that video? My thing is, I'm thinking he's doing that same mistake he did when he was supposed to fight Rumble Johnson. Then he uh, he ended up fighting OSP. And he was lifting all those weights. And he, was, he came in there jacked. And he looked like absolute shit. So I feel that if this is the John Jones that we're going to see with all the weightlifting, because all he keeps putting up is these lifting 600 pounds, 500 pounds. If you know, I'm not saying he's not, of course, John Jones is one of the best to ever do it. But if you know, uh, you've trained mixed martial arts, these guys aren't lifting all that crazy, crazy amounts of weight. No, these guys are maybe maxing out 300 pounds, 200 pounds, something like that, but that is not the basis of their training. I understand he's moving to a weight class. You want to be stronger, but you can do that in so many other different ways. So I don't think that's the smartest thing to do, all the bulking, bulking, bulking. Alex, Alex uh, Gustafson did that, got big, I didn't help him. Went in there, got whooped real fast in the first round by Verdun. Not even close. Not even close. You don't have to do that. Now we're talking about this striking video. John Jones has never been the hardest hitter. Never been the hardest hitter. He's very, he's accurate. He's, he definitely can give you a lot of volume. The elbows are on the ground. They're nasty, but he's never been the guy to, oh, one punch. I got that one punch hit. He was, when he fought Glover, he was hitting Glover with some clean shots, but they just did not have power. I saw him put out a video yesterday with uh, talking about Daniel Cormier. I need to. I'm gonna harp on this. Soft as puppy shit, son. I'm gonna harp on this again. Daniel Cormier is retired. He is allowed to speak about these guys, and especially in the octagon, because he's been in there with them. He's been in there with a lot of guys. So they need to stop this when he talks about something and he's being realistic and he's giving you firsthand experience, which is cool to see because not a lot of guys do that. He was in the cage with John Jones, and he said he doesn't hit that hard. He might have knocked him out, yes, with the head kick. Yes, he did. Gonna, he says he kicks it. hard. He yeah, he says he, he kicks, kicks, he he says he kicks very hard. He says he kicks very hard, but when it comes to his punches, he doesn't punch hard. So I'm not disagreeing with Daniel Cormier when he says that because he was in the cage with him. This video that I saw of John Jones hitting fast, was, is it, was it impressive? No, it wasn't impressive. He looked like crap, and I, I'm, I'm seeing it because... He's talking about this mess on Twitter. He's doing the Twitter finger things. You know, when I get in heavyweight, you guys better not be running away from me. Let's daddy, see it then, John. Wait till Daddy comes home. Did you see uh, that shit? Now with Daddy comes home, let's see that when Francis Ngannou is coming at you quick. <laughs> let's see the difference when when it happens there. But were you impressed by that by that video? Um. All right. So this is this is the way I looked at this video, right? I part of me felt like this was just much to do about nothing. Yeah. A lot of times when you're hitting pads. Um, it, it, when you're drilling, 
you're, you're not throwing hard. You're, it's just to throw for timing. I'm just putting it out there, touching. It's just touching it. Uh, it seemed like he was touching. He was working on a couple things. He threw at the end of the video a uh, an overhand left hook that he mm-hmm. doesn't usually throw. So Ever. to me, it seemed like he was working on different things, working on a couple different angles. So it, it was, did he look fast? Did he look explosive? No. But I just chalked that up to, we just got a little bit of clips just to see how big he is, his movement. I, I, I just think it's much to do about nothing. He didn't. Did it? Did it? Did he look good? No. I feel like if you're going to show something, I would have. I would have shown something a little bit more snappy, something that made it look like you know explosive. But he maybe he was just trying to show off. Like, look, I'm big, strong, and I'm powerful now. You know, um, it's funny you say that though in terms of what he did for the o, uh, the OSP fight because he did bulk up and then just look sluggish. Didn't look like a version of himself. It was kind of weird to see. So I'm curious to see if he is building it because it sounds like he's walking around close to 260, which is nuts. He literally is going wow. to be one of the guys, one of the bigger guys in the weight class. So to be, you know, going from 205 to become one of the bigger guys in the weight class, I also think about Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold mm. did that shit when he moved up to 205 and got fucked up by the Polish hammer. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm talking about that man just beat his motherfucking ass. And, uh, and there's something to that I really think goes to it where, look, man, you walked around already at 230. That's prime weight for a heavyweight. He didn't have to do shit. He'd yeah. just be John Jones. And that's the same thing I, I love about, and again, we'll talk about it in a moment, but Adesanya, he's, he's not doing shit different. He's just mm-hmm. like, this is what I am. This is what I do. And I'm going to fuck you niggas up when I get there. <laughs> and I got and I got an idea of what's gonna be happening here. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a, on a I don't I don't think it's a limb, but I think John Jones is playing games with us, and maybe he's not even going to heavyweight. He's waiting for Adesanya to see if he wins that title, and be like you know he's what, going to heavyweight. I want, you know I, want my belt, I want my belt back, or or Adesanya goes up. They have to fight. I need to see, now, I need to see that. Now I need that, to see that fight, man. Now that. I put so so let's go ahead and talk about and then really quick everyone who's watching us live on YouTube on Facebook on Twitch thank you as always so much for joining us on episode one of we see you, Aldrich we see you, we see combat. you. Aldrich my brother we see you what it do Jamie I appreciate you coming on yes it was a stupid excuse from fucking uh, Costa the dude is a doof I can't understand it uh, Aldrich my brother what it do I appreciate you tuning in as always um, all right let's talk about this because this is what's important. Fuck all these guys who aren't fighting. Fuck all the fuck shit. <laughs> UFC 249 is coming out this weekend. Um, 259, baby! 259, it, it is incredible. It is one of the most stacked cards that I can remember. Um, but we're just going to focus on on the, the, the three title fights because there's three title fights on this one. But we do have fucking Dominic Cruz as in the prelims. <laughs> That, that's how t- how stacked this fucking fight. You can watch Dominic Cruz for free in a in a dog fight against Drew Dober. I mean, there's some nasty matchups on this one. Casey We're Kenny. not talking Kenny. about what was that? Casey Kenny. Casey Kenny. I'm sorry, I said Drew yeah. Dober. But, but yeah, but Drew Dober is on Drew a Dober's card against Islam Makachev. Yeah, that's it. Another banger. Um, well, let me ask you this, and I think I might have buried the lead with that one, but uh. What, aside from the three title fights, is the fight that you're most looking forward to in UFC this weekend's card? Besides the three title fights, because we're going to talk about those extensively, I'm going to go on a different whim here. And I'm very excited to see Joseph Benavidez take on uh, Oscar. Because Oscar is a really good wrestler, undefeated. And Joseph Benavidez is pretty good at taking these guys that are undefeated off. I just want to see where Joseph Benavidez's mind is after, you know, that very devastating loss that he had to Davidson Figueredo. He seems like he's, he's very strong mentally. I talked to him uh, a, couple, a couple weeks back, and he seems like he's in an okay place mentally. So I definitely want to see how he returns. And if he beats that guy, listen, Joseph Benavidez is always one fight away from a title shot. No matter what anybody says, he's always right there. So I think I'm most excited that besides the title fight, that fight, and of course, the Drew Dober and Machet fight, because Drew Dober has improved so much in the past uh, two years. My Lord, he's gotten so much better. And Islam, we haven't seen him fight in a long time. They just keep talking about a next Habib, next Habib, best wrestler. We haven't seen him in a long time. I think his last performance was against uh, the jujitsu, the jujitsu ace, uh, David Rivas, I believe it was. Yeah. David Rivas. Yep. Yeah, which was like yep. a year and a half ago. It's been a so long time since we've seen Islam. So I definitely want to see how he looks. If he goes in there and puts on a dominating performance, 
we might see him fight somebody in that top eight, something like that. Because you know the UFC wants another guy from from Dagestan that looks like Khabib, that trains with Khabib, and puts him up there in that upper echelon for in those talks. So those are two fights that I'm more interested in. What, what which ones are you looking forward to? You, I mean, you you took him out of my mouth. It's it's the Makachev, Islam Makachev, uh, yeah. Casey Keeney fight. That that's the one that I am most looking forward to. Uh, to Casey Keeney, Drew Dober. Drew Dober. <laughs> mixing up my white boys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think you're more excited for a Dominic Cruz fight. You bring up the, the, the Casey Keeney thing. I, I know. Well, you know, I am, and, and I guess those are the two fights that I'm really looking forward to. But yeah. I'm interested in the Makachev fight because I'm interested in Islam Makachev. I. He's extremely good. He has power, and everything coming out of Khabib's camp says that he's the next guy up. Like we should damn near give him a title shot. He is he. They, Daniel Cormier said he is good enough to win that shit now. Yeah. So when I hear that, a lot. That's I, a I, lot. I gotta see it. I gotta fucking see it. I I, I want to see how Drew Dober can challenge it because Dober's a very good wrestler. He's a, he's I a know. Beast. There's a difference between the Dagestani wrestling and, and, and American wrestling, but Drew Dober's not a guy you can take down easily like it's nothing. Nope. And he's very good standing, as you can see how much his striking improved against Alex Absolutely. Hernandez. Like, he's Absolutely. way better than he than he was, and he's got this confidence that is exuding out of him. So this is going to be an amazing fight. But let's get into those title fights coming up. Ooh, Ooh, uh, well, let me got. ask you this. Treat it. Treat it. We, we, we'll, let, let's start. We'll, we'll we'll finish with the main event last. Let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about the first one, uh, which is um. Let me pull it up. Is it Sterling and Jan first, it's, or it's Sterling and Jan first? Yeah. Peter Jan and let's talk about so we got Peter Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. Uh, bro, take the lead on this one. Long time coming for Aljamain Sterling for sure. My lord, this guy has beaten the who's who to get to this title shot. UFC wasn't giving him this title shot. They gave it to Jose Aldo, which was weird. Peter Yan has run through a lot of these bantamweights, but if you look at who he's beaten, some of these guys are not even ranked anymore, or some of these guys were never ranked when he fought them. So the fact that he's gotten to where he is is a little bit weird sometimes to think about it, but he's beaten some 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 good guys, you know, with the, the John Dodson's and the, uh, Jimmy Rivera, but he's never fought an Aljamain Sterling, and it's going to be a different ball game. The most important part of this fight to me is going to be how fast Aljamain Sterling can start. And Peter Yan has never dealt with a wrestler and a grappler like Aljamain Sterling. He moved. He talked about he couldn't train over there. Tiger, Tiger Muay Thai. He couldn't do whatever. And he came to top team. He came to top team because he needed that those he wrestling. Needed that wrestling. He, he didn't did. have those over there where he was training. So he definitely and he and he canceled the fight back back in uh, December yep. was supposed to happen. That fight ended up getting canceled for a reason because he wasn't getting good enough training. That's mm -hmm. not going to change within a matter of a month. Absolutely not. It's not going to change that. I think this is going to be very interesting very early, and I think it's going to go. It might go pretty long or really fast. Um, I don't know if we're doing predictions, but let's go. I, let's go. You can go. You can go. No, you you talk about it first, and then I'll, I'll drop that prediction. Okay, so, um, I, yo, I, I think very highly of Peter Yan. I do. Yeah. Okay, I, I want to say that. I think he, he is really well-rounded, but, man, I understand why Aljamain Sterling calls him the paper champion. I yeah. do. I get it. He beat his two, his two fights leading up to the title fight was a fight against Uriah Faber, who was mm -hmm. retired for two years. <laughs> and old. And and, and old. He's usually like 40 already. Oh, he's 43. I think 43 yeah. when he fought him. Father yeah. time, man. So he's like in the middle in his 40s. And then he fought um, Jose Aldo, who, mm -hmm. who that was his first fight at 35. And he was coming off of a fucking loss. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm just like, and then on the other side, where everyone is in MMA media sucking Corey Sanhagen's dick, like just straight, <laughs> just topping this nigga off. They're fucking bobbing his ass off, but we forget that in 2020, a couple months ago, Aljamain Sterling ripped through that dude like a hot knife through butter. <laughs> it, it was it was such an easy fight for him. And honestly, after seeing that, if they fight again, I don't see anything being different. Um, Peter Young has one loss in his career. It was against Magomed Magomedov. Mm -hmm. He fights with Bellator. Um, he is the only guy. That he he's the only wrestling heavy dude. If you look at their styles, it is similar. It's not as explosive, but it's similar to um, Aljamain Sterling, Magomed Magomedov, and uh, and Peter Yan are one and one. 
Okay. So what that tells me is that that style is difficult for him. Ugh, I don't know. I just want to take that put out, out there. His last two losses in that style. Let's go ahead and do predictions. My brother, the floor is yours. It's been a long time. As I said before, Aljamain Sterling has, you know, been on his journey to get to this title. He's had some slip up, slip ups. He lost the, the Marlon Marais. That was on a short notice. He got knocked out. He talked about getting knocked Everybody out before in, in training before. He said, um, uh, what's his name? Zabit caught him with something while they were training as well, too. So those things worry me sometimes, you know, if he gets hit pretty nasty by Peter Yan. But I just think this is a Styles make, make everything right here on this fight. I think Sterling goes in there while they're dry, gets Peter Yan on the ground, and I think Aljamain Sterling can get that title within the first two rounds. I'm going to take Aljamain Sterling by submission. Boom. Boom. <laughs> I love it. I love it. First um, one, or two, one or two while they're dry. Human back right there. He's coming in hot. And who he's been training with at Extreme Couture. That's how you know he's he's doing everything in his power to, 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 to come at come, come at him different. Those I, guys I are so good over there in Vegas. They they're so good. Such a good team. Such yeah. a fucking good team. John Wood and them and all those guys are really, really good. Dewey Cooper and everybody, Dewey man. That, that that's a great squad over there. Um here here's my okay. Hmm. Because I want to say second round submission by Aljamain Sterling. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, after watching the fights, um, not only with Jimmy Rivera, and I'm talking about yeah. the fight that Peter Yan had, because even that one was a fight that if it wasn't for the knockdowns, literally at the end of each round, he would have lost the fight. Right? You felt like was I think Jimmy yes. Rivera was, won yes. that fight. Yes. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Jimmy Rivera outworked him that fight. And one thing I know about Aljamain Sterling is that he will outwork you. Yep. I think Aljamain Sterling breaks him. Um, I can see him. Fuck, I'm going third round submission, Aljamain Sterling. Third round submission. Third round. Third round submission. It's going to be a little wet. You sure? It's going to be a little wet by the oh, third round. Because I, I, I think, I think he, with his pace, I, I see him starting to come downhill. I, I really be, see Aljo start coming downhill. And uh, and and I see him getting a a submission win, dominant. And honestly, I see this being a dominant win. And I think he puts the world on notice and shows that he's the best 135 pounder that we have. Ooh, that's gonna be big. That's gonna be big. Yeah. That's a big and one, guys. You definitely gotta watch that fight. You got to see wait. that. One. It's that's gonna be a great be one. Um, I, I mean, my personal opinion, I think this is gonna be the fight of the night. Now, this, this, is, this, this is how good this fight has the opportunity to be. I think um, the I think the Makachev fight is going to be fighter that him, him and Dober. That Makachev beats his ass. Ooh, beats his ass. He beats his ass. I, I, I think Islam is going to drag that man. Oh, I think he's man. going to drag him into the. I, I, I think he's going to drag him to the deepest oceans and oh, drown him. Listen, all this Habib talk. He's not Habib, man. I think that Dober is going to submit Makachev. I think he can submit Makachev for sure. He's gonna go I for think Makachev is a real deal. His, his head movement when he takes people down is just so risky, man. Like guillotine central, guillotine central with that head movement when he takes people down. But to, to each your own on that one. But hey, let's I get to he, let's, let, let's let's talk about the, the co-main. Co-main is with the how do I put this? The greatest female fighter of all time. One of the greatest fighters of all time. I'm tired of all these females. One of the greatest fighters of all time. Hey, top 10. <laughs> top 10 for sure. Easy. I, I, I give her top 10. Um, Not top 5, top 10. Top you 10. <laughs> um, I can't give you top 5. I'm sorry. Uh, but I'll, I'll say, especially when your best fighter, I think you lost. <laughs> oh, yeah, Valentina. The Valentina thing you could never get over. You <laughs> lost. The she fucking lost to Valentina. Nobody wants to talk about it, but she lost. Whatever. But she got a um, former Invicta champion in Megan Anderson. She has Megan Anderson, who is a former Invicta champion, who has evolved in her game. Okay. Yes. Um, Megan Anderson is somebody that was Invicta. She she's from you know Australia. She had her struggles when she first came to the UFC, but with John Krause and those boys, amazing team down there in Missouri. They're really um, establishing themselves as one of the best teams in all of MMA. But in terms of Megan Anderson, she's evolved. She can take you down. She can control people on the ground. She can also hurt people with big power, as you saw her last time out. 
let me ask you this. Do you believe that Megan Anderson is also the biggest underdog on this card? She's like a minus yeah. 12,000 underdog on this card. Does she actually have a shot? I am going to put $5 on a Megan Anderson finish. Just, you know, because that's a big underdog. That's crazy. I'm going to lose money like that. Gonna, it's okay. I'll take a five. It's a little five. A little five bucks I'm going to put on her because, and I'm saying this because I'm going to play, and I'll play the devil's advocate here. Listen. Megan Anderson is the first legit featherweight that Manon Nunez is gonna fight. That's, That's a not true. girl. That's, That's not a true. Alicia Spencer is a, is is a is a is a featherweight. Yeah, it's she's a, a big. Girl, but... And how about Chris Cyborg? Oh, Cyborg. Oh, Cyborg. My bad. My bad. But I'm saying big. Like she's a big girl. She's tall, she's man. Tall. She's long, and she hits yeah, hard. Is. And she's and to me, she's a little bit smarter of a striker than Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg is a. The, the, the Vander Vanderlei of a rush, bum rush you, I'm gonna kill you kind of my, mindset. That's easy to get knocked knocked up. I think Meek Anderson is more patient. She's very patient. She's long. She can hit very hard. Remember when she fought Holly Holm? Every time she hit Holly Holm, it wasn't any kind of soft hit. Holly Holm was feeling that. And she, Holly Holm, the striker, turned into a grappler with Megan Anderson. That's where I see Megan can maybe. Fight a little slower and Holly see that. Holly been Holly Holm since she's beat Ronda Rousey. I don't even fuck with Holly Holm talking <laughs> she beat, about. She had a good performance against Arena Aldana. It wasn't that was not bad, but I know it's not the the, the super finisher that she used to be. But let me say this: Megan Anderson fight a smarter fight, slower fight, slow the pace down. It's gonna be too tough, man, against a girl like Mana Nunes who is just good everywhere. She's just good everywhere, and if she doesn't feel comfortable standing, she'll take you down. And Megan Anderson, it, Megan Anderson is very synonymous for having grappling issues. If Holly Holm can outgrapple you, I'm scared to see what Amanda Nunes is gonna is gonna do to you. But at the same time, the only thing that scared me about Amanda Nunes lately was when she fought Jermaine Duranami, and Jermaine Duranami was up. Line Amanda Nunes up when they were standing, and yeah, she we're had talking to take about Jermaine Duranami though, who is a long but long girl, just like Megan. She's long but just no, no, like but, Megan. But there's, a, but there's a difference though in terms of. Jermaine Durand may multiple time Muay Thai world champion that is you accustomed to striking and knocking. We're talking about the Iron Maiden. This shit knocks people's faces off. Megan Anderson is not that. And I'm going to make this real quick. Megan Anderson is fucked up. I don't even care about this fight like that. Next. Let's go. Listen. I think Megan. I think Megan gives Amanda a little bit of run for her money. I think everybody should put easy five money. bucks. Put, I'm saying it right here. Put five bucks on Megan Anderson for a finish. I promise you, you're gonna you you you'll make some. But I'm gonna say. I'm telling you to save I your think... fucking five dollars for the dollar menu somewhere. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Get yourself a scratch off. You better off. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Dude. That's a I waste. Think, I, I think I think Amanda Nunes pulls it off for sure. She's gonna pull it off. She's gonna she's gonna win that fight. It's not gonna be close. They, they gotta stop putting these these people against Amanda. They have nobody else to to, to they challenge. Have nobody else. They got nobody Until else. they do. Until they do Valentina Part Three, I know you're excited for that. That's gonna happen soon enough. So, but next, hey, <laughs> next. Valentina next. Part Three. That's the only thing that matters. Well, let's talk about the fight that really matters, and uh, we have to talk about the 205 pound championship. Israel Adesanya is moving up to take on um, uh, take on uh, Jan Blachowicz, the Polish power. Um, look, this is an amazing fight. You know, we have a couple more minutes left in the show, and I want to make sure we give give this uh, this it to do. Um, let, let's talk about this. This fight, I think, is extremely exciting. This fight has ramifications of the sport itself. Yeah. Th- this this fight is going to show if we have the new biggest star in the sport. And honestly, if Adesanya wins this fight, fuck your John Jones, fuck your Khabib's. He is the pound for pound number one guy in the sport. It is what it is. Okay. Hands up right now. Um, let me let me ask you how you feel this fight is going to go. And what what problems does Peter does uh, Young Blachowicz present for the for Adesanya coming up? The, the power, the, the the power. I already said. It. Oops, power. It's a lot of power there that you're gonna find out. And and Jan, listen, Jan is a guy. He fights slower. He is slower than Israel Adesanya, but at the same time, the man has very good tactics. When he fought Dom, uh, Dominic Reyes, everybody's just like, Dominic Reyes is going to run through this guy. He got that left hook. He's just knock him out. Look what happened to Dominic Reyes. Look how Jan switched up a game plan and was attacking his body with kicks. They're smart over there. They're smarter than we think. That's for sure. So the power and coming up 
it's going to be a difference for Israel Adesanya, and he's going to feel it. Jan might even want to grapple with him. Jan can grapple. We forget about that. He can grapple he's as well. He's a black belt. He poses different problems for, for Israel Adesanya in, in different places, and Israel hasn't fought somebody with his kind of unpredictable style in a sense, you know? But will that be enough for a guy like Israel Adesanya? I don't think so. I don't think it will It, it, it will even be... It, it, it's going to be so... Looks, it's going to look so easy that Israel's not going to get enough respect for this win, for getting this side. I, I'm almost a little upset that it's Jan in, in a sense. Yeah. I wish it was maybe Dominic Reyes because they'll give because Dominic Reyes was he that did, guy who basically beat John Jones, you know? I kind of wish it was yeah. him or somebody like that. But my thing is, at the same time, I kind of almost hate this move because if Izzy wins that championship, I don't see too many guys in 205 that's fun for for me to watch. Like, I, I, nobody excites me besides that. Alexander Rakic, Rakic, I'm going to get excited yeah, for that. Rakic. Yeah, I not, I, it doesn't excite me. I'd rather see Israel Adesanya go to 205 division in Bellator. There's more exciting matchups there. I kind of, I almost pray and wish that Anthony Johnson would have side with the UFC and we could have saw Israel Adesanya Rumble Johnson fight, you know, where Israel Adesanya probably would have to change a game plan with a guy like Rumble because Rumble hits hard, man. <laughs> you get one shot from him and it's a different ball yeah. game. But you know it's going to be, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. It's just I'm I'm with you. It, it, it's um and I we're 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 pretty much making our picks here. I'm going with Adesanya. Yeah. yeah. And and I, and I think that uh and the reason I'm going with him is just that his fight IQ is unlike anything we've seen. Um and here's the biggest thing. Just like we spoke about earlier in the show, in terms of somebody like Cyril Gunn who can go out there and utilize his skill set to stifle his opponent with his feints, and he literally freezes his opponents. Adesanya does the exact same thing. Peter Jan, or should I say Jan uh, Blachowicz, bites on feints hard. Yeah. I'm talking about he bites on feints harder than most. So if he's biting on these big feints and these move- movements by really taking his hands away from his face and reaching, because what he ends up doing is he reaches a lot with his hands yep. when he's trying to defend, Adesanya is going to whoop his ass. He is <laughs> going it's, to, it's, it, and here's the thing, Jan is slow. We're talking about a world-class kickboxer who's had kickboxing all the way up to fucking, you know what I'm saying, to, to heavyweight. Yeah. You think he's, he's not afraid of Peter Jan's power? He's not, to say, yeah, he's not Peter Jan. Jan Blahovitz's power, he's not afraid of his power. Respects it for sure. His, what was that? Respects it for sure. I feel he like he's respects gonna... it, but he's not afraid of him in any capacity, and that's the thing. And, and here's another thing, too, is that he... Adesanya, one thing that Din Thomas told me is that he was at his, that, that fight, because he, he was at the fight between Ezra Adesanya and and um, and uh, and Dumbfuck. And, uh, and, Elvino. Uh, yeah, Elvino. <laughs> Elvino. Um, and since uh, he was out there with Elvino, and he said he's never seen anybody, he's like, I've trained champions, and I've never seen anybody as focused as Adesanya is focused. He's like, I've never seen that. He was like, that's some Michael Jordan shit. When he said that, He's not Adesanya's not gonna let this slip through his fingertips. He knows what's at stake. He's gonna go out there and make a make a point um, on um, uh, Jan Blahovitz. And guys, Jan Blahovitz is 38 years old. So bad. You know, that he, was, he he won his belt. That was his opportunity. He dude, he started off his UFC career two and four. This is a guy who's lost. I mean, we know he knows how to lose. He got knocked out. People say, "Oh, uh, 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 a guy, a lighter guy coming up isn't gonna be able to knock him out." Bullshit. Tiago Santos. Tiago Santos moved up from eighty-five in his first fight from eighty-five and knocked his ass out, dude. And here's the reason that that he knocked him out too. He knocked him out because of Peter or Yambovas moves forward on a straight line. He came in there and he literally stuck him. Why he came in. He caught him on the half beat and knocked him out. Adesanya does that the best out of anybody. Easy money, big win. We got to get out of here in a second so we get up under this hour mark so we can both have this episode live on IG. But I think we both got uh, my boy Adesanya. Brother, I love this. This is incredible. Before Thank we go, I'm just going to say, yes. I'm just, I'm just say Adesanya is going to win by submission. He's going to show He's going to show us something different. Gotta leave. Gotta gotta put that out there. Had to drop that there. Had to drop that hey, there. But yeah, man, it's been amazing. You know, I love this. I love this this, this setup. Shout out to Tosh for doing everything here. It's amazing, you guys over there on the West Coast. Appreciate you guys so much. This is not the last time we're doing this. So many more episodes coming up, guys. Love it. Love it, man. Well, hey, brother, thank you so much for for doing this, man. I, um, I, I'm I'm excited for the. Uh, 
the the journey that we have going forward. Um, but to everybody else, thank you guys for listening to episode one of Brothers in Combat. I'm your boy Serge Gisenta. The fight podcast right there is my brother Darnell Giovanni of Mystic Black MMA. We are Brothers in Combat. Thank you as always for joining us on the show. We will see you guys next time right here on Brothers in Combat. Boom! We out.